Hello and welcome to Dive Collective's podcast, where we highlight the gifts and talents of our community of believers. Here at Dive Collective, we believe that to fully live, we need to be using and sharing our God-given gifts and talents with the world. We will always be encouraging our members within the collective to be living fully alive in this way. So here, in this space, we celebrate God by sharing the stories of those who are living out their callings and experiencing Him in both the mundane and the miraculous. Come and see. One of the reasons that we do the Dive Collective podcast is to highlight the gifts and talents and ministries and things that God has our members doing all across the land. And so that's why we have Amanda. We're inviting her to join us because she's in the middle of officially forming a nonprofit that you've actually been working on for, you've been doing the work for a long time, but I think it sounds like you're just in the middle of making it all official right now. Is that correct? That is correct. It's Erie City Moms is what the name of it. And I just came out with a really beautiful logo that I'm excited to share. I don't know very much about it. I have had a conversation with you about what you do in your mission, but I know that Annika doesn't know. I don't. Let me give you the whole background of the organization first, and then I'll tell you a little bit about how we got where we're at. So um, first of all, Erie City Moms is, uh, we're a local organization to Erie, Pennsylvania. And what we do is we provide community uh, to moms who have really experienced a lot of isolation. So we are super diverse. Uh, We bring moms from all sorts of backgrounds together, moms from different ages, different socioeconomic backgrounds, different um, ethnicities and cultures, all sorts of different walks of life together, different churches, all all together in the city of Erie in order to form community. And so we really wanted a diverse group so that we could learn and grow together to become Mm -hmm. better moms Mm -hmm. together, learn to be a better friend to one another, and so we can be uh, better for our own neighborhoods and better for the city of Erie. Now, not not all of our moms are city residents. Um, like I said, we come from all different places in the community, come from all different walks of life. We'll talk about this later, but we're doing a Bible study together, and there's a yeah. woman that was invited who lives in Texas right now. So how is she connected to Erie City Moms if she's in Texas right now? Well, you know, it's interesting because right now with COVID, this is not surprising, right? We're super isolated now. Isolation Mm -hmm. is something that we all understand right now, which I think is so interesting how God sort of does what he does. Brings us all together apart. (laughs) Apart. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is very, it's very true. I mean, we're all learning this lesson together about what isolation is, Mm -hmm. but lots of moms experience isolation just becoming a mother, Um, you know, when you bring that baby home and you bring those, you have all those kids at home, being at home, whether you're working outside of the house or you're not, is it's a very hard season. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't know what you're doing. Maybe you've gone from, um, maybe you've gone from the workplace and you've um, gone to working at home now and you've entered into a job that you don't know how to do. There aren't answers. There's no guidebook. There's no training for you. But plenty of opinions. Oh, plenty of opinions. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Solicited or unsolicited. <laughs> yeah. It is so true, right? 
Um, and so it, it, this is just, it's just such a difficult, um, it's just such a difficult season. And so the, the mothering piece, like for our mom who's out in Texas, right? So she was part of our Erie group when she lived here, but then when she moved out to Texas, found that she couldn't find the same community out in Texas. Mm -hmm. And so she actually mm. comes back and she hangs out with us in our virtual community, even though we're not meeting here in Erie right now, like we would typically be doing, because we usually meet in person at least once a month as a large group. And then we have two smaller groups that meet um, at different schools, but she would have been meeting with us in community. Now she's out in Texas, um, and you get this, Erin, she's an Annika, so do you, right? Her, her husband's in the military. And that's hard and isolating in and of itself when you're moving all the time. Um, Sometimes you get go. attached to your old communities, but your heart is for the Erie City Mom. That's how you got started because that's where you are, right? Yeah, that is where I am. Um, you know, we lived in this house here in the city for a long time. I think we moved into this house, my oldest biological child Jack is 13 and I think we moved into the house then 15 years ago so that would have been in what 2015 um no that's a lie I can't do math 2005 <laughs> <laughs> so I always thought that we were going to move back to the suburbs and I you know that is what not back to the suburbs but into the suburbs and that never happened I mean God just had other plans. I, I kept looking for what it was for the reason why we were sort of stuck here in the city. God, if I, if I, you know, I would have my bargaining with God. If I introduce my neighbors to Jesus, then can we move? If I hmm. take a meal to this neighbor, then can we move? What is it that is hinging on us getting out of this. What made you feel stuck there? Was it like an inability to sell your house or was it a conviction that God was, or a combination of, like you're saying that you, it, you were stuck there. How, why right. were you stuck there? Yeah, that's a very, I have a very deep answer for that. In our very, you're gonna push back on me with your answer, Erin. <laughs> your response to what I'm about to say. It's November and in the blink of an eye, Christmas will be behind us and we will be starting a new year. We want you to be looking forward to two big things. First, we're gonna be starting our next dive study in January. We talk a little bit about our dive studies with Amanda at the end of this episode, so you can be looking forward to that. We're gonna release the name of the book that we're studying very soon, so please be on the lookout for that and please consider joining, we would love to have you. The next is a fun surprise. We're gonna be hosting a Bible reading plan challenge throughout 2021. In this challenge, our recap podcast will count as reading for that week if you fall behind. We'll have giveaways and incentives throughout the year, so be thinking ahead about whether this is something you'd like to be part of and look for signups in the coming weeks. And now, back to Amanda's story. You're gonna push back on me with your answer, Erin. <laughs> your response to what I'm about to say. I, I feel because, and I, I've had to wrestle with myself in, in my, look, in my privilege, my response is that I have this drive, right? My idea of success, success is 
a big house in the suburbs with all of the things, my three-car garage, my beautiful house, my, you know, my homeowners association that I'm going to um, respond to. Like that was my idea of success in, in 2005, mm-hmm. right? That we would both be working or that, you know, and we would have all this extra income where we would be vacationing a couple of times a year and we would, all, our kids would be playing all of the sports. And that was where I thought we were going to be. Mm. as a family. And oh my gosh, like that is not where we are. Uh, <laughs> and it's not because looks... you couldn't be, I know how driven you are. You could be in the suburbs, in a house with a homeowners association. There's no doubt in my mind of that. So I very much have to die to flesh every day, Erin, in order to still not want those things. But my gosh, God has taken my heart of stone and turned it into a heart of flesh. It is so much has changed. How did that Um, happen? Can you talk about how that changed from like, this is what I want to, this is where I'm called to be. How did you know that? It's such an amazing God moment. It really starts with, I think, understanding who we are as a family, because I I have to talk just a little bit about that. You know, we've got six kids total. Um, We've got two in heaven. We have four kids here, two are biological and two are, were adopted just four years ago and they're teenagers. So when I talk about our kids, because Jack is very much part of this story, we have two oldest kids. Mackenzie, when she was adopted, became our oldest and she is now 17. Mm -hmm. But Jack is our oldest biological and he's just 13. But he's an important part of this story. So I don't want it to become confusing when I talk about our oldest because Mackenzie is technically the oldest now. She's 17. And then there's Kaylee, who's 16, Jack, who's 13, and Lucy, who just turned 10 this week. So God in 2013 started to do a lot of work in me. And uh, Jack was, we were looking at kindergartens for Jack. Um, He was getting ready to start school. We were sort of on the precipice of what was happening and we didn't know it for our family. We were looking at two private schools, two private Catholic schools and Erie's public schools. And two very important things happened. 2013, you did not have, you had not adopted yet. No, the girls didn't move in with us until 2016. Okay. So I'm telling you an enormous amount of growth happened in our marriage, in our lives. I mean, we did an about face for Jesus and our lives changed substantially. It sounds like 2013 was when the turning point for you. So much between 2013 and between 2016, I'm about to tell you 1000 things that changed in our lives. Like (laughs) it was nuts because that's when you dedicated your life. Like that's when your life was like sold out for Jesus. And we know that when that happens, he changes everything turns upside down. Yeah, totally upside down. And, and like, we, we got married in the faith. Like that's why Joel and I loved each other. I mean, it was God who brought us together. So we had faith. We loved each other. Our marriage was built on a rock of faith, but man, like. All right. So 2013, we were choosing a school for Jack and it, we were looking at two private schools and also public school. It was like, God just like lit this spark in me for, for disparity and inequity and injustice and things that I didn't even know that were 
in the world. And all of a sudden, I became aware of why we were in this house in the city. And um, I remember going to look at Erie's public schools and the principal at the time told me why I had asked her about test scores and she very clearly and very bluntly just said look our test scores for black boys are very low and here's why and then she explained to me why all the test scores for black boys were low and she explained to me what the issues that black families in the inner city were facing compared to what I knew Jack was facing. The obstacles were completely different, right? And I had no idea. My mind was blown and my heart was broken. At the same time, uh, I remember talking to um, a woman in my circle at the time who whose child happened to go to one of the private schools that we were looking at. And she was telling me a story about how loud those people were whenever they went to the basketball games that her kids very white school were at. And she was referring to people of color at a school that she was at that her kids attended. So the minority, these black kids in her private school, yes. she was talking about these kids in such a derogatory way. Erin, my heart. Mm was broken mm -hmm. and it just at that moment joel and i said i want we want for our kids for them to experience diversity that is in the world and we want for them to know socioeconomic differences, racial differences, cultural mm -hmm. differences, for them to have friends of color, for them not to be part of a system that can't show love to people who are different than them, but rather have more and more and more opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we wanted to have more opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Not to just people. Yeah, right. I yeah. don't, I don't want to be part of a community that is homogenous. I don't. Mm -hmm. And that was when I, oh my gosh, like that was when that journey started. Mm -hmm. And at the same time I was reading Ezekiel and I don't know why mm -hmm. really, because who reads Ezekiel, but I, <laughs> I just did. And it was rough. I just right? did too. It's so rough. <laughs> Like I was kept reading Ezekiel 36 and 37 over and over and over again. Like the last hour before we were meeting, I was going in there and my notes are so rich through that and where God kept taking me back to that scripture over and over and over again, year after year, moment after moment of who I was praying for and what I was praying for and how he kept taking me back to the valley of dry bones and what he was going to do. And, you know, I took a little sabbatical break um, just for prayer to be alone in August. And he took me back there again. And he said, prophesy over the dry bones like I told you to back in 2013, mm. back in 2014, back in 2015, when I told you to prophesy over the city and over these moms like I told you to. Anyway, I was also reading 
all of these books, Christine Kane's book, Undaunted. And if you're familiar with Christine Kane, she started mm-hmm. A21. And that book is all about like ha- being brave enough to like follow after the calling that God has dared you to. And like looking for all of the signs that he, all the breadcrumbs that he has set before you mm-hmm. and that he's daring you to pick up. So I had been reading that book in like 2013, 2014. And um, like in back when Jen Hatmaker was doing some really awesome things and she was writing really amazing books like uh, Interrupted. I think mm-hmm. she had read, written that book in seven back during that same time. And so I was reading that and he was just pushing me way out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's really stirring up a lot of really amazing things in me. Joel was just kind of along for the ride. I kept looking <laughs> at him and like saying really, the Joel is my husband. And I kept looking at him saying really crazy things like, what if <laughs> we could give like 50% of our income away? What if we did that? <laughs> He was like, oh my gosh, can we please just like get to like 10%? (laughs) You determined at that point, no, my son's going to the public school here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was laying Jack at the altar. Because it's the opposite of what the world says. The world says, find the best schools, make sure they get the best education. Because if they don't have a great education, we don't know what their future is going to hold. We put so much of our faith even in education. In America, it seems like mm. education is almost kind of an idol or can be in some ways that yeah, for sure. if they don't go to the best schools, their future is limited mm-hmm. as if we don't have a God that controls every one of our days and numbers, numbers them and puts people in our path. Amen. Nothing can thwart his plans for them. That's so good. So you were laying in the altar. I just have to say that just reminds me so much of Psalm 37, 23, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Mm, right. Yes. And, and that's so true. And I have to remember that over and over and pray that over and over, over my kids, because we now have four kids in the public school system Mm -hmm. and um, you know, and it's so intentional and what they are learning is so much bigger than just what they're learning in books and the, you know, and, and their hearts are softened so much by what their experiences are, by what God is teaching them through the friends that they're making and the opportunities that they have and through the service that they get to extend and um, through the compassion and the empathy that they're learning and growing in. You know, they don't have the best iPads and they don't have the best um, opportunities for, you know, (laughs) extracurricular activities. We have to do that outside of the school and praise God that we have that we, you know, we have extra income to be able to do that, but you know, um, they came, they come home and they say, Hey mom, so-and-so doesn't have a ride. Can we take them or so-and-so can't afford? Can we help them? So 2013, 2014, um, 2015, we're growing. We also lost two babies during those years. So we, you know, we're healing and we're just sort of figuring out like how to, how to get our feet back underneath us. Mm-hmm. 2015 
was the start of Erie City Moms. And Jack was part of that too. So I just love that God's directing his steps. Like God is like so good about just how he plants those seeds in our children. You know, when we honor God with our decisions, how he then invests in our children through um, the opportunities that he then provides for them, right? So I was part of the PTO at Jefferson. The PTO, you know, has this meeting and I had been at most of the meetings. I, I was not at this meeting and, and there had been a family whose house had burnt down and uh, they wanted to do a fundraiser for this particular family. And had I been in this meeting, I would have said, absolutely not. We're not doing a fundraiser for this family, because if you're going to do a fundraiser in a Title I school, you got to do a fundraiser for all of the families. If you don't know what a Title I school is, they're schools whose most of the families are at or below the poverty mm -hmm. level. You can't do a fundraiser for one family and not for all the families. So <laughs> like we're, they're all, we're all in need. We're all in need. We're all getting free lunches. We're all getting free books. We're all getting free transportation. We're all getting the free things. Right. So, so I would have said, absolutely not. We can't do this. We our, our families can't even afford to give, but Okay, so I'm not at this meeting because that's how God is, right? I then, of course, being the leader that I am, then say, okay, well, who's going to run this fundraiser, you know, where you're going to, and who are you going to ask to give, right? Because I had to open my big mouth because then I, I'm, you know, I'm fleshy about it because then I'm like, well, you guys are all nuts. Y'all are nuts, yeah. Yeah, y'all are nuts, right? Which is where I, I can see the end of this, right? God is like, oh, by the way, you're going to leave the fundraiser. <laughs> that's exactly how that turned out. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you and Jack actually are in charge. That's where Jack comes in. It happened to be a voting day. You know, I put it out on my Facebook page. You can see how this all comes to fruition, right? At, you know, this, all, all my friends then end up showing up with stuff for this family. My neighbors, my coworkers are coming out. My colleagues are coming out. I owned my own business. So it's people that were like in my circle who I never would have thought would have cared about this issue. Yeah. But they're all showing up. I have a crock pot. I have uh, extra pots and pans. I have, you know, I just have some blankets or some sheets with it. I'm like, whatever you have, I don't even know what she needs. I don't know this lady. Come on, just bring me your stuff. And they all show up. So we get two carloads full of stuff. Jack's like, mom, where are we going? I don't know what we're doing, but I'm going to collect all this stuff because I have a heart to volunteer. And, you know, like, then we drive it over to this lady that I've never met before. Her little beautiful brown baby runs out in his little diaper. He's a baby Jamal, who now I've known for five years, I guess. You know, and, and he comes running out to greet us. I've never met him before. Like, tries to open up Jack's car door. Jack looks down at him. Like, tears start in his eyes. Like, the, Jamal's, like, in his diaper. It's, like, the most precious thing, you know. But look. So you know, meaningful to Jack. Wow. Right? Like, we've never been. This is a bad this was a bad part of town. Mm. We've never been. These are, this is the Samaria, right? Of, you know, this, this is a part of town we've never been to. This is the kind of, this is the part of town people drive around. Avoid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? And we went through it, right? This is where Jesus sent us to, to get to the woman at the well. We drop all this stuff off and we are so wrecked, me and Jack, this sensitive little boy that I'm raising. We get to the corner. And we turned the wrong way 
down a one-way street and just had to, I'm like, where am I even going? Like, I can't even drive right now. Hmm. We just parked on the side of the street and Jack and I bought our eyeballs out. God is breaking us, shaping us. We're on the potter's wheel. He is like squeezing, squeezing us. Jack saying, how do they sleep? The windows are cracked, mummy. Like, what was that smell? I've never smelled that before. How do, how do we love them? How can we care for them? I'm like, buddy, I don't even know. Mm. I don't even know. But like, as the time is going on, like, I'm just like, God's like, call her, call her. Call, what does she need? Call her. How do you love someone you've never met before? You can't like, relate to. I don't even know. Cause I, yeah. How do I become friends with this woman? Because I can't, I don't even know how to love her, but I'm just going to call her. Cause that's what God told me to do. And everything, every book that I've ever read just says, you know what? Get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. God's going to direct your steps. And God showed up, Jesus showed up and said to Peter, you know, we talk so much about Peter taking his eyes off Jesus and looking at the wind and like being so scared and flustered, but nobody ever talks about the fact that Peter got out of the boat to begin with. You know what? Peter just wanted to be wherever the miracle was. Peter just wanted to be where, wherever Jesus was, was where the miracle was going to be. And that's where Peter wanted to be. And I feel like, I just love that you said, all the books say, get uncomfortable. That's exactly what they say. Like mm-hmm. when it comes to it, like if you want to be where Jesus is, it's going to be uncomfortable. Like, yeah. so if, if what, wherever you're headed looks like it's going to get uncomfortable, you're yeah. probably headed in the right direction. It's so true. So good, Amanda. So you called her. Yeah, I called her. <laughs> I mean, she was as uncomfortable as I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right? I mean, she doesn't know me. I mean, at the end of the day, we're just women trying to figure out how to be friends to each other. But I mean, she, Lois knew Jesus. So, I mean, she could sense the same thing that we were called to. <laughs> we tell this story a lot. So, okay. I mean, she's, she's part of this amazing journey. I kept reaching out to her. She never asked for anything except one time. So Tracy and I had gotten to be friends, right? Eventually, um, Tracy Daly from Emma's Footprints ended up walking with me through our second loss. And um, she and I, Tracy and I were at a Lauren Daigle concert. And you guys, like, I'm sitting at this Lauren Daigle concert and Lois texts me. She'd never asked me for anything ever. I mean, I just was like, how can I help? What else do you need? And just offering love support for, you know, her trying to rebuild her life after this house fire. She had six kids, single mom with six kids. Like, I, I don't even know what that still looks like after being friends with her for all this time. And, and she texts me and there had been a horrible, tragic accident where two kids, two teenagers in Erie had been shot. One of them killed. And, um, one of the boys who had been shot was, was Lois's cousin. She messages me and out of nowhere while I'm at this Lauren Daigle concert. And uh, Lois says, will you please just pray for my family? And at that moment, Lauren Daigle starts to sing dry bones. And I had been reading Ezekiel, right? And still studying Ezekiel. Man, I could not get out of my seat. He's just following the breadcrumbs, just following the breadcrumbs. And he says to me so clearly, do with other moms what I've done between you and Lois. I will provide the moms 
from that suburb that you wanted to live in. If you will go and get the moms in the city and we will breathe new life into dry bones, mm. prophesy over them. Mm. And I just sat in that seat and I just wept. I just wept. Like, who am I? I'm no one. I'm no one. This is not my gifting. I mean, if I'm completely honest, I don't even like women. Like, I'm not good at relationships with women. I'm not this ministry, these moms groups, like, I think just the hardships that I have been through as a young woman and as a kid and my, probably just my lack of like sugar coating things, God bundles that all up and throws it on the table and then wraps it all up in Jesus, you know, yeah. and that's so good. comes out. Yeah, Uh, so good. So tell us about the mission and the vision of the organization. He's just so good. I mean, he's just growing it at a rate that's so ridiculous right now. I can't even keep up. So before COVID, we were meeting three times a month in community. One in a in a church that had so lovingly opened its doors to us. Um, We had as many as 70 moms coming. We do dinner. um, We do childcare, all free and so beautiful. And we would have somebody share a testimony, a story about their journey of hope and healing and share a resource, a community resource for moms that would align with that testimony. And um, then the moms would just, you know, find friendship. So practical. Sometimes we would just talk about what it meant to be a good friend because sometimes we're just not good about that, right? It's not complicated. I, that's my favorite part about what you're saying right now. Like that's not complicated. It really takes the MOPS model and brings it into the inner city because there is no MOPS model in the in the inner city, unfortunately. I'm not sure exactly why. But what we found early on, and Lois was part of creating this model, we did a Bible study, her and my own mentor, Diane, who I absolutely adore, um, started meeting together for a Bible study. And it was very clear early on, and that was in 2015, um, early 2016, that God was doing something very big. We just discovered recently too, Amanda posted on her timeline, a memory from 2016, (laughs) Where like this was all being birthed. She didn't know it then, but she's headed in this direction of what Erie City Moms is becoming today and where we have no idea where God's going to take that. That same week, I had posted a memory from 2016 that I had just posted. I mean, it was within seven days, but 2016, I posted that I was leading my first Bible study from my own from my own study without leading a Bible study that written by somebody else. And, um, like just that act of faith of doing this thing and kind of like not feeling adequate, but the, the idea or the hope that God would still use it. And so it's just kind of funny to think about, like, I like God's fingerprint in that because, you know, at the end of the story, we kind of get to where we are today and our organizations are kind of are working together in that similar vein. So that's cool. Anyway, so 2016 is when you can see it's going. And then 2017 is where you're, you were headed. We helped direct them to, um, 
quality landlords um, if they need um, other resources as far as um, getting connected with communities as far as diapers or um, clothing we help connect them with that um, you know things that good friends do <laughs> I mean that's what it is it's a network at this well, point it's things that good friends do but like you would I just heard you say like getting them connected with quality landlords mm -hmm. that's so out of touch like when you say that I just like that just screams like Aaron you are so out of touch I mean I don't <laughs> the thought that like that's a basic need you don't right. think about that but just having somebody like living in a house where you can count on the person who owns it to take care of it right like, that's a that's something I can assume is going to happen for me but that is not well, that's not the case for these inner city, these inner city moms, these inner it's, city communities, it's really not. I mean, the disparity and then in the inequity that um, that we see with our moms is actually uh, it's it's disgusting to me. It's disgusting. Um, I and, and the, I I can see that now. I guess that what I'm saying is that paints a better picture for me. Like it's a very specific <laughs> example, but you were just going to blow right past that, and I'm telling you. That's one example, probably, of a thousand that you can list of ways that we cannot relate. We are so out of touch, the middle class to the lower class, and what their actual needs are that we consider that we would find unacceptable. It would be unacceptable that I have, that my toilet's not running, oh. right? That's actually a great example. I was just thinking about um, one of our moms who is absolutely working her butt off. Um, she's a single mom with an incredible story, uh, loves Jesus for, I don't know how long her toilet wasn't running and the landlord just did not come to fix it. That's absolutely unacceptable. So who is the advocate for her? Who is right. the advocate for her? That's where the system has forsaken them. That's where the system is broken. And so there's this constant tension in me of, Yes, I have seen people take advantage of the system, of course, right? Mm -hmm. But those same people that have taken advantage of the system have been beaten down by the system. Honestly, I, I mean... Well, because the system can't take care of people. People yeah. take care of people. You can't... Amen. The system cannot that offer is, compassion. Amen. People offer compassion. That is, is what the you're truth. Doing. That is the truth. Mm -hmm. And this entire organization is built on the premise that it is through relationships yeah. that the work of the work of Jesus is done. Amen. And that by handing down the things, the stuff that we want to get rid of is not going to help anyone, but mm -hmm. it is by getting in comfortable and getting into our cars and driving to the places and meeting with the people and sitting down with them and walking alongside them with the tiny little steps that they are going to take because it is going mm -hmm. to take time for someone who has years and generations yeah. of chains that need to be broken in order for them to make progress in their life. It's and not for us to determine the size of their steps. It or these, is not. You know, I really okay. want to read this from, from Christine Kane's book, undaunted and if you have not if you have 
any desire to do this hard work of loving people well, the way that I believe that Christ calls us to, no matter where you, listen, because when we start talking about privilege and we start talking about inequity and injustice and people get prickly, right? Mm-hmm. And, and when I start to talk about it so passionately. I, I get prickly. Yeah, right. I get prickly, right? But listen, mm-hmm. I, I, I am not on either side. I am on the side of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I am on the side of loving the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. That's where I am. And I think that's one of the things that I've come to appreciate about you too, is that it does seem like, I mean, you are talking about social justice. You are talking about privilege. Like all those words are coming out of your mouth, but I don't get a sense of pretense from you that no. you have it figured out or that, oh, um, gosh, no, or that you're in some way further ahead than me because you're in it with them, like, or that there's an expectation that because I'm not in it with them, that God's not doing in me exactly what he is intending to do in me. Do you know what I mean? There's, I think there's a, there's a certain amount of the grace goes both ways, right? The grace goes with the people that you're serving and the people who aren't there, who aren't serving with you. Yeah. God knows what he's doing and he's leading each of us in Mm -hmm. at the pace and in the direction that Uh, we're willing to be led in. And Mm -hmm. it's not for you to decide where I should be in that. And it's not for me Mm -hmm. to decide where you should be in that. I think that's just a, that's one of the things I've appreciated about my time talking to you about it is it's not, but I think pretense is probably the right word. Mm -hmm. God has shown me in this journey. He is working in all of us simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Like this has never been just about the moms that come to the group. Right. Like it's about the work he's doing in me. Yeah. And it's about the work he's doing and the moms who come to help. And it's about the work he's doing and the moms who pray for us. And it's about the it's about the work he does in the mom who says, I, I think I'd like to do that, but comes to a meeting and says, Oh gosh, that's way harder than what I thought it was. And that's okay too, because it is really hard. And it's about the mom who just shows up with stuff to donate. And then she checks out for a little bit, but you know, she might show back up and that's, oh my gosh, like, because we are all, like you said, Aaron, we are all on our own journey with how Christ is, is um, shaping us. Like I talked about, like on that potter's wheel, like at the same time, I can't stop asking people to get uncomfortable Mm. because that's the call and the charge that I have to ask. Is God pressing you and asking you to do something? And this line in this book, I have it underlined like so amazingly. So I have to say, and these are Christine Kane's words, not mine. God didn't stop me from being a wife, a mother, or speaker in order to reach out to the victims of human trafficking. That's her A21. That's the Mm -hmm. organization she started. He asked instead whether I would allow myself to be interrupted and then expanded my capacity and enlarged my sphere of influence. Is God asking you to be interrupted. He interrupted me with Erie City Moms. Like mm-hmm. when we had that first in-person meeting, 
in 2016, we had just invited our two adopted daughters to live in our home. We had gone from a family of four to a family of six. I was exhausted. I threw myself, literally threw myself on the table of our leaders and said, I cannot do this. We cannot launch this ministry. We cannot have this first meeting because I cannot physically, mentally, or spiritually lead right now. Mm. If we are going to do this, you all are going to have to do it without me because for the next six months, I am going on maternity leave. For the record, that also happened. I had been volunteering in several other capacities, including with Emma Sweat Prince, who you had on your podcast earlier this year. Mm. And I had to take maternity leave from there as well because I could not lead any place else but in my family. Mm. But God was still calling me to expand my capacity and enlarge my sphere of influence. But He was calling those women who were leading alongside me to do that as well. So it was about them, not me. It wasn't about any of you. Yeah. (laughs) It was about God. It was, that's right. That's so true, right? He did it. Mm -hmm. I didn't, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He doesn't need us. That's one of my favorite things. Right. He doesn't need us to do a blessed thing. He gives us the privilege of working alongside of him. Amen. The more we do it, the more we discover how little we bring to we actually do yeah yeah amen we have to close how did you um decide to join dive collective and then how did erie city moms then get connected as with all good things that are tracy daily and feminine in my life (laughs) yes tracy daily everything that's pink in my life comes from tracy daily and rachel They have, um, they are wonderful friends to me and um, they have taught me so many wonderful things about the importance of having a woman tribe. And, oh my gosh, like I just, we need just a whole podcast just about how womanhood and being a part of a tribe is so important. And we totally should be with you and Tracy and get Kelp. Yes, that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. That for me has been such a growing point. I mean, when I talk about how like leading a women's ministry is not my thing, like God brought me such an important tribe, Kristen, Tracy, Rachel, I could not do this without them. He also brought me two more daughters and I had to learn how to be better at loving girls in order to Mm. lead this ministry. And so they were doing, um, they, they had been part of this and Tracy said, kept saying, you've got to do dive collective. You've got to do it. She, and she kept talking about all these great things she was learning. I was like, I want to know that I want to do that. Why are, why am I not doing that? Why am I not learning this about Jesus? I was so jealous. And so I I was like, she kept having all these great nuggets of truth. And I was so jealous because she was getting all of this really committed time with Jesus that I was missing. I was missing out on. And um, I could tell she was just growing and glowing because of her time with the Lord and with a, a dedicated time with a tribe, a new tribe of believers. And I wanted to be part of that. And so I joined in for Ruth and I brought my sidekick Darlene with me, who also needed to be with Jesus. And, um, and now we're doing, 
I know, right? And now mm -hmm. we're doing, and she also needed a tribe. So that's awesome. I love that. And now we're in for Mark. And it's just been such an incredible time of growth for me. Me personally. too. I, I, I love it. Um, There's treasures. There's insane numbers yeah. of treasures every week. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. You know, we had done an in-person Bible study with a, a small group of our moms. We had a lot more moms that were in need of um, community. And I was like asking, you know, women in leadership that I knew and gone to our church, to Grace Church and to another church that really supports Erie City moms. And I had asked, is this something you can do? Is this something you can do? And then my quiet time one day, the Lord just said to me, you already know who does this well. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I do. <laughs> it's Aaron. <laughs> so I literally say to Aaron, God told me you're going to do this and that you already do it. No well. pressure. <laughs> yeah, right. No pressure, but you're in. <laughs> uh, and I'm a think? sucker for a good Bible study. So, I, yeah. I, she is. We had our first Bible study with these moms last this past Tuesday and this is where my heart beats you know the ones who were just like they're just about to discover yeah how alive God's word is they're on the precipice of something amazing and so dive collective was intended to be from the beginning right is to teach people that they can go into God's word and discover his goodness because the Holy Spirit does that in us and so it's been fun because all of our different studies have different people coming from different uh, levels of maternity. I hate to use the word levels ever at all in mm -hmm. terms of Christianity. People who have been walking walk, with him right? for a long yeah. time. Yeah. They're familiar with his word. And I think what's so great about, especially the group that you're in that I love so much is that all of these women, many of them have been walk walking with the Lord for a long time. And even still like are just as like still come with such awe for the things that he shows them every week. It's, mm -hmm. and, and even more like they, it's, this is a passage I've read so many times and yet I've never seen this and mm -hmm. they're excited about this, but these women are coming with the, just, it's all new. It's all going to be new to them. And, <sighs> and they're so hungry and they're excited. Yeah. And so, yes, this is obviously, you know, you were talking earlier about how God never works one directionally. It's always both. I just know that I'm going to grow so much and I'm going to be so incredibly blessed by these, this time with these women. And so it's a gift that you've really offered us mm -hmm. dive collective that. to be a part of this thing that God is doing again. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need us. They doesn't, mm -hmm. I don't need to be any part of us. What a privilege. I'm so grateful for you, Amanda. I'm grateful that God moved you to join in with us. Thank you for sharing your story. Lord, help us to get uncomfortable. All the books say, get uncomfortable. If you enjoyed this story and are interested in joining an online community committed to studying and living out God's word together, discovering our God-given gifts and living out our callings, you have found a home at Dive Collective. Visit divecollective.org for a free reading plan and our free dive guide where we share our version of how we do in-depth Bible studies. While you're there, sign up for an upcoming live interactive dive study and join us as we strive to discover how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Come and see.